Happy Draft Day! What will the Jets do with the 15th overall pick tonight? They could go offensive tackle, they could go wide receiver, they could trade down, they could do something else. There are plenty of compelling reasons for all of these options, and we'll discuss them all on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Thursday, April 27th, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. Thanking you so much for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts to get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast source, please leave it a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube, please give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help the channel out, help other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your favorite football franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, in the game. It is draft day, and today we're going to talk about what the Jets might do with the 15th overall pick. It's been such a weird offseason, and we really have not had the opportunity to talk much about the NFL draft. And I think that for Jets fans, the focus has really not been on the NFL draft because that Aaron Rodgers trade took so long to get done that we pretty much spent all of our time waiting for Rodgers to come here. And there were other moves that the Jets made or did not make. But the draft is here, and the Jets do own the 15th overall pick tonight. They originally owned pick 13, but that went to Green Bay in the Rodgers trade. However, the Jets got 15 back in return. So what are the Jets going to do with this pick? Well, obviously, when you're picking 15th, a lot of it depends on what happens in front of you. And this is a bit of a new spot for the Jets. The Jets, I don't think the Jets have drafted this low, or at least I don't think the Jets have originally had a pick this low since 2016. And that was, of course, after the the Ryan Fitzpatrick, Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker, 10 and 6 season. Jets have had a lot of bad years since then. And they've, they've typically been picking in the top 10. Uh, most years since then. There was an exception in 2020 when they went 7-9, and nine, but Jets have had a lot of early picks. This is the first time, uh, you know, the first time in quite a while when their, at least their initial pick, falls this low. And of course it went a little bit lower because they traded down in the Aaron Rodgers deal. So unlike past years, what happens in front of the Jets actually is going to make quite a bit of difference. And I think you have to look at what's going on with the quarterbacks right now. And there's, you know, the quote-unquote big four. There is Bryce Young out of Alabama, who seems like, at least at this point, the favorite to go number one overall to the Carolina Panthers, who recently executed a big trade-up with the Chicago Bears. There is C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State. There is Will Levis out of Kentucky. And then there's Anthony Richardson out of Florida, who might be the biggest wild card in this draft class. And I think that there are maybe two schools of thought when we look at the quarterbacks. Now, Despite what I think, and I think the Jets should definitely be interested in drafting a quarterback this year. I don't think the Jets should necessarily trade up for a quarterback, but if somebody falls to 15, I would really think about making the pick. But despite what I think, and I think this is a mistake, but I think the Jets are not going to pick a quarterback in the first round. You know, 
Aaron Rodgers is 39, so I don't think having a you know having a young quarterback to develop behind him would be the worst idea in the world. But what, no matter what I think, the Jets aren't going to do it. So what should we be rooting for with the quarterbacks? Again, there are two schools of thought on this. Now, the first school of thought is you want the quarterbacks to all go early because if the Jets are not going to be interested in quarterbacks, well, if the quarterbacks all go early, that pushes good players down the board. And that's, of course, one of the one of the classic draft hopes, one of the classic uh, draft aspirations is that players who do not interest you go before you pick because you don't lose anything. Essentially, it pushes all the players you want down the board. Of course, the alternative to that is if one of the quarterbacks falls to 15, perhaps the Jets will be able to execute a trade down. And you know, one of the, one of the catch-22s about the draft is people will say, well, I want this player, that player, or this player. But if none, of the, if none of them are on the board, let's trade down. So they may say, I want Paris Johnson or Jackson Smith and Jigba or Broderick Jones. But if none of them are on the board, let's trade down. Well, the problem with that is some team has to want to trade up. And you, if you say, well, if no good players are available, let's trade down. Well, that's a great idea in theory. But in practice, if no great players are available, who's going to want to trade up? Who's going to want to give up picks to move up? And that's where the whole thing falls apart. So what you really need, if you want to trade down, is a player who's a coveted prospect, but just somebody for whatever reason you have no interest in. It could be because he's not a good scheme fit. It could be that you know there are just certain th- certain aspects of his game physically that don't match don't match what you're looking to do, or it could be he just plays a position that you're not interested in, and that's always the classic situation at quarterback. So the Jets who probably will not be in the market for a quarterback this year. If a quarterback falls to 15, suddenly you could have teams getting on the phone looking to move up. Now, it's a bit tricky because, of course, if a quarterback falls to 15, that means he also fell to 14, it means he fell to 13, it means he fell to 12. So the logic logic becomes, well, if the team is willing to trade up to 15, why would they not just make the same offer at 14, 13, 12? So... You need a bit of luck. You need a team that's in front of you to either really want to draft a player to be completely opposed to trading down or whatever offers being made to you. Maybe it doesn't make sense at 13. Maybe it doesn't make sense at 14, but it could make sense at 15. And if you're looking at this draft for the Jets, they really need more picks. Uh, they've, you know, they've traded, they already traded one pick away for Aaron Rodgers. They're, they've traded, they're down to five picks right now. And, they have no picks in the top 10. Last year, they had two of the top 10 picks and drafted both players who ended up being rookies of the year. They also had two, they had a third first round pick. They traded up for Jermaine Johnson, who the book, the jury's still, still very much out on him. Then in the second round, they traded up again for uh, Brees Hall, who very well could have been the rookie of the year had he not suffered an injury in a game against the Denver Broncos. You know, that's part of, that's how you do it. You have a lot of early picks. Those Jamal Adams and Sam Darnold trades gave the Jets plenty of ammo to make great picks in the draft. This year they lack it. This year they're 15-43, and then you know they don't pick again till day four, till day three. They have two picks on the first three days of the draft. None in the top ten. Only one in the top forty. The Jets need more picks. No third round pick. Then you get to day three, and it's a it's kind of a you know throw of the darts whether you're going to find a good player or not. The Jets need to get more picks in this draft. And this is this is one of the reasons Mike McCagnon failed, is he just did not value draft picks enough. Joe Douglas has, draft, has valued draft picks more, but this year the Jets are, Jets are low on picks. And if you want to continue to build this thing, if you want to continue to build that base of young talents, to fill in the pieces around Aaron Rodgers, because there are, there are some issues on this team. 
I don't know that there's yet enough star talent. Now, if you add another great draft class, suddenly this team becomes very, very intriguing, especially if you're able to address some of the areas that are issues right now for this team. But there's a lot of work to be done still, and there's not really many resources the Jets have unless they're able to execute a trade down. So sometimes, you know, you need to get a little lucky. Sometimes you need the right player to fall to you, the right team to get on the phone with you. You need to have a good relationship with the general manager. Joe Douglas is known for you know, being, being a GM who's very well connected in the league, who has a lot of trust from other teams' general managers. So I, I, it's counterintuitive because I think heading into this draft, a lot of people would say, and there's good reason for it, you want all the quarterbacks to go early because the Jets don't want them. And there's again, there's logic to that. It certainly pushes maybe some of those offensive linemen down. But... If a quarterback falls, it could create an intriguing opportunity for the Jets to recoup some of the picks that they've traded away. All right, we've talked about the idea of trading of trading down. Now let's talk about some of the players the Jets could draft. As we continue on this Thursday draft day edition of the Locked On Jets podcast, we'll talk about some of the options, some of the areas the Jets could go, especially offensive tackle. That's a spot I have my eye on. I'll tell you some of the players to keep an eye on tonight as we continue this episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. Today's episode of Locked on Jets is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. This is probably the biggest day of the year where fans play GM. They try and think about what their team should do in the NFL draft. You've probably heard me talk about this mobile game as well. And if you thought you'd make a good GM, you got to give this game a try. It's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty. Because when you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory trying to build a historic dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you are responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances including negotiating player salaries and terms, navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, injuries, player personnel issues, and all the ups and downs of a season. All this is in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want to and when you want to. And Locked On Jets listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On, all caps in the game store. Again, that's Locked On in all caps, so make sure to check it out today. And to download the game, just visit Ultimate-GM or look it up in the app stores. That's Ultimate-GM.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen every day. Join Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, and other Locked On NFL local experts on the Locked On NFL Scouting YouTube page for live NFL draft coverage presented by Ultimate Football GM. Kyle and Joe will be going live for all rounds one, two, and three, and then on Saturday they'll get you caught up after each round. Join the draft dudes for the first round live tonight on YouTube on the Locked On NFL Scouting page at 7.30 Eastern Time. It is the first day of the NFL draft. It will kick off tonight. What will the Jets do? Now, I think the number one area where the Jets have to address a need is the tackle position. It's tough because you can't always get the player you want. You can't always find the help that you need at a given position. And I personally think that the Jets should view the draft is a long-term deal. I don't think the Jets should necessarily focus exclusively on the short term, but I think the best draft picks tend to be the ones where the best player available matches up with an area where you, you could use some help. And I think the tackle position, even at 15, could potentially be a good spot for the Jets at, the, at tackle. Now, it's, it's going to require some luck, and I think one of the aspects of the trade-down uh, that in the, as part of the Aaron Rodgers deal was the, when the Jets moved from 13 to 15. 
that kind of flew under the radar is the fact that the Jets now moved behind New England. The Patriots are at 14 right now, and the Patriots happen, happen to have a glaring need at the tackle position. Now, the one thing that could benefit the Jets, the one thing that could be kind of good is New England is one of those teams that makes some very odd selections at times. So even though we're looking at this and we're saying New England could use a tackle, is Bill Belichick going to view things that way? Bill Belichick is one of those. There are certain teams that kind of do things their own way. Seattle's one of them where they just have a board that kind of defies convention. So there's no guarantee the Patriots will, will, tick, will pick a tackle in front of the Jets, but it is a danger. And it, I would have rather the Jets stayed in front of New England. Now, of course, they had, you know, they made the Aaron Rodgers trade. So who knows whether that, who knows how big of a deal that was to Green Bay to help conclude the deal. But it's a tougher spot now for the Jets. There are three guys who I think are, are all intriguing prospects. I think that there's Peter Skaronsky, and I've talked about him, you everydayers who listen to this podcast Monday through Friday, probably heard me talk about him. He's a guy who's the number one question with him is arm length. He's, his arms are about 32 and a quarter inches. The people who are really in the know in the scouting community will tell you, you want about 34 inches uh, for a good tackle prospect. There have been very good tackle prospects, however, who have had arm length shorter than 34 inches. There aren't many who have had an arm shorter than 33. In fact, Skaronsky is kind of an outlier from the standpoint that there just aren't many prospects with arms as short as his. It's not so much that there's a lack of players who have succeeded with arms that short. It's just more that there aren't that many prospects whose arms are that short to begin with. Now, I've but I've heard people, Joe Thomas, Jeff Schwartz, players who have actually been in the NFL, guys who have actually played offensive line in the NFL, who will tell you that, and they've, they've tweeted this out, that arm length doesn't really matter the way the NFL, the way it's measured at the combine. So I look at Skronsky and I say, first of all, these experts are telling me that his, arm's length, his arm length is not, not a big deal. But beyond that, even in a world where maybe the arm length is an issue, he's still a perfect fit at guard. And it's not like Lakin Tomlin's Lincoln Tomlins is going to be with the Jets forever. So he's, he's a very technically sound player. He's got everything you need except those arms. Uh, I, I would have no issue if Skaronsky somehow fell to 15. I'm not expecting it. Paris Johnson out of Ohio State, a guy who's got all the physical tools. You know, He's got everything you need. The technique's a little inconsistent there. Um, he's a guy, I, I, he may go, he may be the first tackle off the board just because the, the tools are all there for him to be a good left tackle in this league. I would not be surprised if the guy who fell to the Jets was Broderick Jones out of Georgia. He's a guy, if you watch him on film, and sometimes you, every year there are a couple of guys in the draft where you watch them, and they just, when they lock onto somebody, no pun intended because of the name of the podcast, but when they lock onto somebody, it's over. You know, if they, if they get good, you know, if they get a good push, they can move people. And that's one of the things Broderick Jones does. He's out of Georgia. Challenges. He's, he's very inexperienced. He's you know he only started about a year and a half for the Georgia Bulldogs. Of course, they're back-to-back national champions, so Georgia's had a lot of success. But I think you know there, when we talk about technique, Jones is even more raw than uh, Johnson. I don't think Johnson is super raw. I think Jones is a guy who it's there's going to be some work that's going to need to be done. He's got some things to clean up, and you know if you need him to start as a rookie, he might be able to. But I think there are more questions than there are with the other two big prospects. Now, the other guy who's getting some buzz, Darnell Wright out of Tennessee, I don't love him. I, I think that he's got some issues. I mean, he's been he was inconsistent during his college career. I think there are questions. There are lots lots of questions around around his ability. I think he's a guy who is going to go in the first round, and I think anybody who goes in the first round 
could conceivably be a good player in this league, but not necessarily a guy I'd want to bet a lot on, especially for a team like the Jets, where you're looking for a contribution out of your first-round pick. And that's especially true if you draft somebody a tackle, because as much as people may want to put all their eggs in the Dwayne Brown and Mekhi Becton basket, you're talking about a 38-year-old who was banged up a lot last year, and a young player who may still have some degree of potential in him, but a young player in Mekhi Becton who has not played in, it'll be it'll be close to three calendar years. You know, he hasn't played the last two years, which means it'll be close to, you know, it'll be approaching three full calendar years week one since the last time he played competitive football. I mean, I guess you could argue he played those three quarters against Carolina in 2021, but we're talking about a guy who really is three years removed from the last time he played competitive football on a consistent basis. So tackle's a spot to, to look at for the Jets. I, I'd feel better at 13 than i do at 15, but I think there's still a possibility maybe somebody slips through or maybe Johnson or Skaronsky has an unexpected fall if one of those quarterbacks falls through. But there are some other options out there. The Jets could also address the wide receiver position. There's a guy out of Ohio State, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who is getting a lot of buzz. Could he be there when the Jets are there at 15? Would it make sense? We'll talk about it a little bit more as we continue this Thursday edition of the Locked On Jets podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by Built Bar. Make sure to get plenty of Built Bars tonight for snacks as you're watching the NFL Draft. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market. Absolutely delicious. Bars are all covered in 100% real chocolate, but they also are good for you in addition to tasting good. Yes, they are. They are absolutely great tasting. They have amazing flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. But somehow, despite these bars tasting good, they're also pretty good for you. They're only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein on most bars. And now you don't have to wait to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. While you can still get your specialty flavors at Built.com, you can also head over to Walmart today, walk into the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can get a 4-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff. Or if you're close to Sam's Club, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box of hip flavors like brownie batter puff or churro puff. You can thank me later. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Thursday. We're talking about the NFL draft. I think that if you're looking at where the Jets' needs are going to match up with their pick tonight, it could go one of two spots. It could go tackle. It could go wide receiver. And the wide receiver on the board, there's some buzz about Zay Flowers out of Boston College, but... I think Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba is the number one receiver in this year's class. Of course, the Jets drafted a wide receiver last year out of Ohio State, Garrett Wilson. So if the Jets picked him, he, they would be reuniting Garrett Wilson with Jackson Smith and Jigba. I, I, people can argue that the Jets receiving core is good enough. I think that really depends on Corey Davis going back to being Tennessee Corey Davis. He just hasn't been good enough with the Jets. And I've defended him, but I'm through defending Corey Davis's tenure with the Jets. He just hasn't been good enough. It's not his fault that he hasn't been able to stay on the field, but he hasn't been able to stay on the field. You know, it's not maybe it's not it's not necessarily something Corey Davis has done wrong, but if you can't get on the field, the old cliche is the best of the best ability is availability. Corey Davis just has not been available, and even when he's been on the field, he's been too inconsistent for the Jets. What would Jackson Smith and Jigba bring? You know, I see I see him as a guy who just a perfect fit in the slot, and there are plenty of people out there who say, well, you can't draft a slot receiver in the first round. And I think that would have been a good point, you know, maybe 15 years ago and beyond, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it certainly would have been a good point. The NFL, the slot's a starting player now for you. And he he was great out of the slot. Now, I think you can make the argument that you don't know how good he was at Ohio State, because first of all, he was playing in a great offense. 
And it was a well-schemed system, but beyond that, he had a lot of talent around him. He had Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave around him. I mentioned this on yesterday's show, as you everydayers will know. Jamison Williams, who was an outstanding prospect, had to transfer to Alabama. I mean, Jamison Williams could play at Alabama, but he couldn't play at Ohio State. That's how much talent there was on that Ohio State offense. But to be fair, Jackson Smith and Jigba was part of that talent. And if you add him to this receiving group, and I, I would assume that Corey Davis would go if, at that point. I think if the Jets draft a receiver in the first round, Corey Davis's salary just becomes too much to keep. But if you have Garrett Wilson and you slide the rookie in as your second option, and you assume that, I mean, a top 15 pick, you'd hope you'd get an immediate contribution. Suddenly, Alan Lazard and Nicole Hardman become pretty good depth receivers for you. They slide into roles where they're more appropriately suited as, you know, kind of, uh, for Lazard, he'd be a, you know kind of a second tier option. You'd use him. You'd try and use him on contested catch situations. You'd try and use him in the red zone. Hardman would be a guy you'd scheme up catches for. He'd be a guy who maybe you send deep a couple of times a game, and suddenly you have a really good receiving group that you're surrounding Aaron Rodgers with. So that's the that's the justification for a move like that. Now, of course, you could go in other directions. There are some defensive tackle prospects. I think it's a little too early for them. But defensive tackle is a pretty big need for the Jets. A guy you could have your eyes on, Kalijah Kansi out of Pittsburgh. A guy who's getting, frankly, ridiculous comparisons to Aaron Donald because both are small, very athletic defensive tackles who went to the same school, Pittsburgh. It's like, when people do that, it's like the same thing about, like, talking about, like, USC quarterbacks or Ohio State quarterbacks. It's ridiculous to do something like that because these players are all different. Kalijah Kansi is not Aaron Donald, but he could be an interesting pick for the Jets, especially because I, I do think he fits the Jets system. I think Robert Sala likes, likes athletic guys who can penetrate. Even if they're a little undersized, he can live with that. So Kansi would be an interesting option. And, of course, you could go in another direction as well. I mean, there, there could be a pick that we're not expecting. You know, there, you, there's no rule that you necessarily need to pick a, a glaring need in the draft. The draft is really about finding long-term players for your team. It's about finding a guy who's going to be there 8 to 10 years so that his position is not a need. Look at what the Jets did last year with Sauce Gardner. I could show you. People said at the time corner was not a need for the Jets. Well, maybe it wasn't a need, but Sauce Gardner made the position better. And now you're at a point where it's not going to be a need for the Jets for the next 8 to 10 years. So you could always look at it. Now, I don't think think the Jets should go corner again because I don't think they could upgrade it. You've got Sauce and DJ Reed. There's really no way to upgrade it. And Michael Carter II is a good slot corner. So... I don't think you can upgrade corner, but any other position, I think you could make an argument for. I think because you can always upgrade. You know, there's two ways to improve. You can improve a weakness, but you can also make a strength stronger. So it'd be interesting to see what the Jets do. I would expect it to be tackle or wide receiver, but we'll find out. The draft is always full of surprises. But that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day's motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast source, please give the show a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help the channel out, help other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. Have a great Thursday. Enjoy the draft. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about what the Jets did, what the Jets did in the first round of the 2023 NFL Draft.